Lords of Loud, The Summer Series. Okay, and we're rolling. Okay. Welcome back to the... No. <coughs> Cockhead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Yes. This is the Summer Series. Woohoo! And this is our final episode in the Lord Al and Lord Brett extravaganza. That's right. Let's call it extravaganza. It's, a, it's the fourth in the trilogy. It is the fourth in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. But we could we could say there's a prequel coming later on, so it's actually the sixth. <laughs> Hopefully. The sixth episode. Now, today we're doing very serious songs from serious songsters. Mm, there'll be no smiling. That's right. There is never any smiling. Uh, so let's let's go to Al, Lord Al, mm. to give us the breakdown of why the fuck are we doing this? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> of course, everyone's asking. Oh, yeah, obviously, because why would we continue to extend the concept this far without there being a solid gold reason for doing it? So this is the fourth episode. Yes. And when we started... Yes. We just started with silly songs from silly songsters. Yes. I know that's the truncated version. Yes. <laughs> so explain <laughs> how we now end up in serious songs from serious songsters. Well, it's it's all about completion. It's the, uh, the drive for completion. Because as we're going along, it became apparent that you could have, uh, you know, the uh, the artist approach, being right. silly yes. or serious. Yep. Um, and you could also have the content of the songs, which was silly or serious. Or non-silly. I don't want to fence you in with terms. Somewhere in my head, mm. I believe you've you've drawn a, a visual diagram in your eyes, uh, in your brain. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Right. Let me sketch it out quickly now. Actually, okay. here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> now, explain this visual diagram so that uh-huh. people who unfortunately are more visual <laughs> than all. All right. Thank you. Can I just hold it close with the microphone? <laughs> so, okay. So if we imagine a matrix, uh, a table, you know, not to be confused. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kanunu, yes. Okay, so uh, columns, we have silly right. and, and serious. And what? And, and that will be the artist approach. Right. So okay. a silly artist and a serious yep. artist. Two columns. Right. Okay. And at the uh, in the rows, uh, the, the label at the side is content. Content. Yes. And you've got silly... And serious. Right. So at the end of our first episode, our first yes. episode, ticks the box yes. in the matrix, which was silly artist, yep. silly content. That's right. And so we have ticked off the uh, the uh, silly artist and the uh, the non-silly content. Yes. Uh, so an example of that was like uh, Tim Minchin. Yes. White okay. Wine in the Sun. Yep, yep. Uh, silly versus silly would be an example like Weird Al and um, yes. another one bites the dust. Yep. Another one rides, rides the bus. bus. Sorry, uh, was a parody, not a not yeah, a direct cover. That's right, not a direct cover. Um, and then we've got uh, non-silly artists with silly songs like Johnny Cash. Yes, um, uh, it wasn't a boy named Sue, but it was that other song. He something sang. hilarious. <laughs> well, boy, was it funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still laughing thinking about it. So today we are ticking the final cell on the matrix, which is non-silly artists with non-silly content. Which you would think is pretty much their bread and butter. That's right. For some, for some serious artists, this is their A game. Yes. This is all they've done. Yes. But we're looking at serious songs, the big issues, life, yeah. death, love, 
Hate. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay. Probably not rock and roll. So let me kick off. Now, this guy is known for writing serious songs. Uh, in his first period, he wrote some big songs such as this one. is the needle and damage done uh-huh. and supposedly uh, a song about uh, his crazy horse bandmate who uh, was a heroin addict mm-hmm. and Neil gave him some money and said go away and go to rehab get yourself sorted yep but he went out and spent that money on some more dope uh-huh. and died right so and, and it's also a general comment about the heroes and the musicians he saw around him as he mm-hmm. merged into that scene basically either uh, losing their status as being good musicians or dying. Yeah, yeah. and there would be a number of heroin-related songs. as yes. you know, James Brown, yes. King Heroin. Yes. I mean, Jeff Buckley wasn't his yeah. Mojo yeah. Pin or something. Yeah. And, I mean, I think uh, Neil Young probably wrought it on himself, that uh, but, you know, particular situation by calling the band Crazy Horse. <laughs> that's so. right. <laughs> and giving, giving a junkie money. Yeah. <laughs> Second fatal mistake. Yes, maybe he should have just driven the guy to rehab rather Mm. than say, you know, here's some money for the bus. Yes. Right. (laughs) That's right. So it probably underlies also for the listeners that even though these are serious songs, we will still attempt to laugh at them. Yes, Mm. that's right. Now here's something that isn't so funny, or maybe it is. So here here he is again in 1988. We're in 1988 here, and the 80s became notorious for big rock stars Mm -hmm. taking sponsorship money. Obviously, the big famous one, Michael Jackson singing for Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, there were beer commercials that Eric Clapton, Genesis, Mm -hmm. and Steve Winwood did. Mm -hmm. And uh, the chorus of the jingle was, this buds for you. Ah. Budweiser, right? Budweiser. So he, mm-hmm. um, so when you look into it, Neil Young's a bit of a purist, yeah. And he he can't he couldn't stand the fact that these well-known artists, yeah, at the peak of their careers, yeah, were then taking massive sponsorship mm. and 
having their music then taken to television yeah. and using advertising jingles. Mm. So this this notes for you. Yeah, he, he's pretty direct. He call, okay. As you as we heard, mm. he's calling out those big companies. Mm. Mm. Um, but the underlying thing is he's probably calling out the art of small mm. and saying, "Fuck you! You know you shouldn't be taking." Sponsorship, and I don't, and he doesn't. Mm. Doesn't take sponsorship at all from those big companies. Mind you, that chord progression. I reckon he was ripping off Fleetwood Mac. Was <laughs> uh, it? No, no. I think you're actually thinking of Tom Petty mm. and Stevie Nicks. Yes, that's it. Because I could hear Stevie. Stop dragging my heart around. That's it. There you go. Stop dragging. So I'm great. So you, I'm good so with the lyrics. So you reckon he's taking sponsorship from <laughs> from them? In the artist's defence, I remember reading an interview with uh, Henry Rollins. And it was a number of years ago before he started doing a lot of things outside of music. But one of the things that he had started doing uh, was uh, modelling for a, I think it was a jeans company or whatever. Because, well, if you're not familiar with Henry Rollins, quite buff. Well, at least in the day he was. I guess I don't, don't know what he's like now. So he used to have fans berate him and say, what are you bloody doing this for? You know, why, why don't you just stick to the music? Why are you selling it, you know, to the man? Uh, and he said, well... Look at it this way. All of these fanzines, this is pre-internet, there's like all of those fanzines and, you know, stuff that we give away and do, whatever, it doesn't just pay for itself. In fact, we're giving it away. So because he was a very DIY individual, he didn't have a record company backing. It was just, okay, you know, this is a way for me to bring in extra money to do the things that I love, even though I've got a, you know, sell, yeah. sell a little bit of my soul yes. to, to the corporate master. Okay. So, so Michael Jackson, maybe he was, you know, struggling to pay the bills. He had to uh, take the deal with Pepsi. Really? You know, those giraffes and monkeys don't buy really? themselves. Hmm? I, 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 yeah, I don't see the correlation <laughs> because I don't see Eric Clapton and Genesis. The, Genesis, this was in there. Mate, they were living by the skin of their teeth, <laughs> you know, by the, <laughs> by the ass of their pants. <laughs> it feels like a money grab. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's a that's a that's a good uh, good topic for uh, for Neil to bring up. Right. And and he's just an ordinary old bastard. Yeah. He continues to rally against that. I know he was he, he his recent musings have been about the lack of music quality in MP3s. Yes. And he tried to start his own uh, separate compressioned oh, okay. file. Yeah. Uh, that yes. it meant that the quality of the music they were listening to was better. Yes. But did anyone care? No. That's the thing. And that's right. And we've had this discussion yes. before about the young kids of today. They don't know what they're missing. Let's talk about an old, another old bastard, okay. another old ornery bastard. It's your dad. It's not my dad. Is it you? Maybe it is. Yeah, Let's have a listen to this guy. Is that that's that? Have to that's, you have to be pretty silly not to be able to to pick the voice mm. and the, yeah. yes. 
So we're talking Bob Dylan, we're talking 974, we're talking Blood on the Tracks and his song Idiot Wind, which apparently uh, he wrote uh, midst divorce. Excellent. So so when you talk about serious content, this yes. is uh, this is a guy. Yes, big breakup. Yeah, pouring it out. Mm. And it's a really nasty song. Idiot wind blowing through the buttons of our coats, blowing through the letters that we wrote. You're an idiot, babe. It's a wonder that you still know how to breathe. <laughs> I think he's uh-huh. he's not mixing metaphors there. No. There's some really, he said, uh, one of the lyrics is, I can't feel you anymore. I can't even touch the books you've read. Mm. You can't even touch them, mate. <laughs> not read them. That's right. They're disgusting. You can't even pick them up. So this is uh, this is Bobby mm-hmm. pouring it out there. Yes, laying it on the line, which is pretty pretty nasty way of doing it. I yeah, mean, I guess I guess you've Let's already share your pain with the world. <laughs> the world, and the pain is you. Oh, that's right. I'm going to tell you you're an idiot, mm. but I'm going to put it on an album that becomes quite popular. Yeah, that's right. Everyone can <laughs> sing along to how much of an idiot you are. <laughs> so yes, poor old uh, uh, Sarah, and that might have been Sarah, I think. But yeah, okay. poor old Sarah. Yeah. So it's an easy, easy split then. <laughs> and there's no going back either, because it's like uh, every time she plays that album, she goes, "I'm not getting back with you." you yeah, bastard. yeah. Even if, I, well, uh, imagining that they did, I guess you would have to write a, an apology song, right? Um, and you'd better make it a damn good one. There's that's an entirely new concept we could go into. Maybe that's episode five. Yeah. Sorry songs. <laughs> sorry songs. Songs where you say uh, sorry. Yeah. Can't think of too many. It wasn't uh, that was uh, sorry's uh, hardest word to say, wasn't it? Yes. Elton John. Elton John. Yeah. And Bernie. Billy, Billy Joel. Honesty is such a lonely word. Yes. Maybe, but we don't know whether that was an apology. Maybe they're just about words. They're just about single words. Sure. Maybe uh, Billy Joel could have started. Sure. So there's Bob sticking it to his wife. Yeah. Or his ex wife. Yes. One last time. That's right. That's right. For old time's sake. Let's move. Uh, this is a couple of years earlier, late 60s. Do you know this song? One of my favourite bands from the 60s? No. <laughs> uh, go on, you're playing. Rolling Stones, Midnight Rambler, that's about yes. 1968. Uh-huh. Uh, supposedly about, based on the Boston Strangler. Okay, and it was. So, so when we talk about serious content, mm-hmm. uh, what's really interesting is this point in their, their career, the Rolling Stones are really dabbling in serious content. Yep. So the album before Let It Bleed, they were doing Beggar's Banquet. They did Sympathy for the Devil. Yes. Uh, then in this one, it's Midnight Rambler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're really playing with some nasty mm. content because uh, on stage, Mick plays the, the, the Midnight Rambler character. Okay. You know? And so there's some really- They bring up uh, members of the audience to strangle. And strangles them, yeah. Mm. 
probably just with music. Oh. Uh, but terrible lyrics such as, well, talking about the Midnight Rambler, the mm. one that closed the bedroom door, I'm called the hit and run raper in anger, the knife sharp and tippy toe, or just the shoot em dead brain bell jangler, you know, the one you've never seen before. Mm. It's pretty. Something uh, we can all sing along to. That's, that's <laughs> to right. a loved one. A happy, a happy, mm. you know, it's, I'm surprised it's not a hymn. Yes. Uh, but yeah, really, really interesting that what's very interesting is that the Rolling Stones missed out on playing Woodstock. Mm-hmm. So they thought, well, we're going to create our own hippie festival, yeah. which was at Ultimate uh, Raceway. And that's where the Hells Angels killed uh-huh. a guy in the front row. Yes. Those, uh, those security, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Of course, nothing was going to go wrong when you choose no. <laughs> the Hells Angels to be your security. Yes. Um, and it got so heavy, it feels like at that point, uh, Mick Jagger says, let's not mess around with this dark stuff mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. He, uh, th- there is all sorts of theories that, you know, Altamont came about because um, Sympathy for the Devil, yeah. Boston Strangler. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so at that point, I don't think they ever wrote a song that courted those dark lyrics again. That's right. Plenty of metal bands did. <laughs> Those guys. They are serial killers galore. That's right. They took the baton yeah. from the stones and went forward. Mm-hmm. But interesting, uh, they're great songs. Mm-hmm. They're catchy songs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a little un- feel a little uneasy singing along. Yes. yes. Kids in the car. Yeah. Come on, everyone. <laughs> Come on, everyone. Join in. You're a rapist. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Let's go to some more serious content. They're taking her children away Because they said she was not a good mother They're taking her children away Because she was making it with sisters and brothers and everyone else all of the others like cheap officers who would stand there and flirt in front of me they're taking her children away Oh, yeah, do you recognise that singer? Yes. Also a distinctive well, style. Was Lou Reed actually awake at that <laughs> at that recording? Maybe uh, Neil Young had to give him a bit of money. Yeah, that's right. He'd spend it incorrectly. Yes. Yeah, so that's Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're 1973. It's okay. from his Berlin album. It's called The Kids. Okay. Now, as we heard there, it's a basic story about uh, a mother having her children taken away. They're taking her children away because they said she was not a good mother. They're taking her children away because she was making it with sisters and brothers. Mm. Pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking her children away because of the things that they heard she had done. The Black Air Force Sergeant was not the first one. Mm-hmm. And all the drugs she took, everyone, everyone. It's pretty nasty. And, and his delivery brings the point home. He's not singing it joyously. No. He's not celebrating it. No. And I'll just fade in here the end of the song when we can hear the children. Now, supposedly that's the producer's children. Mm -hmm. And there is a theory that the producer told his young children that 
their mother had died <laughs> and that was their reaction. <laughs> but that's a lie. Mm. Apparently he just got them to feel really sad and yell out. Yeah, so he pinched them. That's right. <laughs> okay. Or he something played, much better. Maybe just played some older read to them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so, it's scream for your mum. That's right. After years of counselling, they they can laugh about it now. Now apparently, there's a follow-up song in the next album called "The Bed," where mm-hmm. they uh, where where the mother kills herself mm. on the bed that the children were conceived. On. Nice. Hey, a, wow. That's a lovely epilogue to, yeah. the, wow. to this song. So it's a happy ending after yeah. all. Thanks, Lou. Wow. Lou really does like a bit of dark content. Mm-hmm. He likes to celebrate Apparently. it. Yes. And <laughs> really gets into it. And people have to watch out for the heavy metal. Mmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's move on to another guy who likes a bit of dark content. When the sleigh is heavy. And the Timberwolves are getting bold. You look at your companions and test the water of their friendship with your toe. And they significantly edge closer to the gold. Each man is his price, Bob. And yours was pretty low. Now history is short. The sun is just a minor star. Poor man sells his kidneys in some colonial bazaar. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, is that your new Ferrari car? Yes. But I think I'll wait for the F-50. You don't have to be a Jew to disprove murder, tears burn. My eyes. Alrighty. Well, Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Hey. I'm, not, I'm not sure which album, but it has to be Roger Waters. That's right. So that's Amused to Death. That's his 1992 solo album. Okay. Uh, and the entire concept is about the the population amusing itself to death sitting in front of television. Yes. Which he's quite good at being able to pinpoint these moments in time. Mm-hmm. Because I get the feeling that, well, especially with children and screens nowadays, it's mm. all about entertain me, entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. Yep. And the the programs and, and apps they're using mm. uh, suggest that rapid fire, show me something amusing, show yep. me something music, yep. you know, here's a cat. And sticking cat. all those in, a, in all the satisfaction and happiness yes. type of uh, parts of your brain. It's just like, yeah. give me more. That's right. That little rush. Give me a rush. Oh, here's a cat video. Yeah. Here's another one. Here's yes. another one. Here's another one. Yeah. I want more. Interestingly, I don't know if it was the, I mean, it would have been around the same time, um, but there was a book that came out called Amusing Ourselves to Death yeah. uh, by Neil Postman, I think okay. it was. So, yeah, so it's, I don't know whether it's a uh, a phrase that was, yeah, you know, yeah. In, the, in the general yeah. you know, population. Uh, population or, or maybe just was it, it one inspired it could, the other. It could, yeah, it could have influenced him. Because it was the same type of thing, like yeah, uh, yeah, the effect yeah. of entertainment on critical thought and yeah. just getting on with life. We've talked about it before, but Roger Waters in this uh, album touches on the the war. No. And air, airplane pilots dying. No. Why is that, Brett? And so he's gone back to the well again. Yes. <laughs> the well that has not run dry for him. No. Because, because when you look back at Pink Floyd, uh, you've got a better idea early Pink Floyd. But definitely in the wall, yep. he he plays with mm. um, 
Yeah, the fact that his dad died. Yeah, and it's probably more apparent when you see the film. You can pick it up from yes. some of the lyrics. Yeah. When you listen to the album or when you see the film, it's like, oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's you know, quite obvious. And it, and it almost culminates with the final cut, the last Pink Floyd album yeah, he yeah. was involved in, yeah. where he actually calls it out and he, mm. and he talks about, they took my daddy away from me. Yes. It's like after sort of suggesting it in metaphors and similes all the mm -hmm. way along, finally mm -hmm. in the final cut, he says, yep. Yep. But here we go, you know, years later, mm. he goes back to that well and he's digging up his hurt feelings from the war. Yeah. And having a go at the people standing behind yeah, the officers yeah. and that who have, who don't experience death. Yeah. Uh, they just send people to their death. Yes. Well, I think it was a second album, maybe. There was a song called Corporal Clegg, right. which was uh, Corporal Clegg, he had a wooden leg, he lost it in the war. In 1944, um, I think that was okay. the lyrics. But anyway, it's it's a very it's not as dark and serious and mm. whatever. But it's still taking a dig at yeah. You know, there are always people who can go to fight the wars that aren't the ones who get to decide to fight yeah. the wars. And I guess that comes up again in Dark Side of the Moon with yeah, yeah. Uh, us and them. Yeah. So yeah, it is a thing that he keeps coming back to. And maybe I know we've talked about this before, Sid Barrett didn't mind writing a jaunty song. Yeah. But upon the, the removal of Sid Barrett from the group, mm. did they ever write a funny, a jaunty. joyous song? Because <laughs> um, my feeling, my feel, well, again, if we yeah. go back to, to Dark Side of the Moon, I think that yes. resonates with people because it is about the human experience of life. Yeah. yeah. Work, time, yeah. death. Money. Money, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, mental issues, mm -hmm. yep. and that, and I think, would you agree that that album works because apart from, aside from the music, but the mm. lyrics really touch everyone. Yeah, yeah, especially by that stage, you know, they've been in a reasonably successful rock band mm. for a number of years, and so I don't think would have much connection, personal connection to the world of work. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly reflection on death and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and mental health, yeah. And mental be, health, yeah. you know, is affects anyone. Yeah. But in terms of, like, if you look at some of the themes in there, like uh, the song Time, the lyrics yeah. on that, yeah. this is a, a band that had accomplished many things, were on their way to accomplishing, you know, their greatest achievement uh, in terms of record sales and yeah. popularity. And so they're not sitting in an office from nine to five working for the man. No, that's right. You know, it's not like they do have half a page of scribbled lines <laughs> and discovering that 10 years have passed them by. Yeah, that's you know, right. They, they have accomplished yeah, that, yeah. many things and it's, it's not slowed down. So to be able to, yeah, have the insight into what it is like to have those feelings. Not that I've ever had those feelings, but, you know, I've, <laughs> but I've talked to people who had. That's right. But interesting too, because because that album gave them phenomenal success, mm. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. And you'd almost say contributed to the mental health deterioration of Roger Waters, which mm. results then in The Wall, yeah. where he actually writes about uh, the rock star going, yeah. being driven insane by yeah, the, the stuff he's created. Yeah, well, wasn't it um, – I hope you got my stories straight here. Wasn't it uh, – he said part of the inspiration for writing The Wall was when he ended up spitting on a fan yes, or something. Yeah. He just, you know, lost his shit with some fans because he, I think they felt he, they were not listening. Yeah, yeah. They were They're not I listening think, to the band I think you're right. They, and think, the music. I think they said they were stoned. Yeah. And they were just whooping it up and dancing away. And yeah. he, he got annoyed because they weren't 
stand there listening to the lyrics and feeling the vibe of the song. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, I think at that point, yeah, after spitting there, he wished he could build a barrier between him so he wouldn't have to, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have to watch them. It's like, wow. Mm. Okay, we're really, really so just decide decide your uh, ticket money through a hole in the wall. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if I stay on the other side, you bastards. But, and, and, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? Because when you go to the wall, which is an entire album of serious content, mm. uh, it starts, well, the concert started with a fake Pink Floyd on stage. Mm. And the whole thing was, you guys are so stupid, you don't even know that this isn't us on yeah. stage. Yeah. And then they all remove masks at the end of the song mm. and the audience goes, oops, you know, <laughs> we paid money for this. Yeah. But again, that's just a almost a big fuck you to, to the audience. But, yeah. but again, in, in the context of the wall, he's exploring that, mm. exploring in inverted commas, yes. or was he still going, fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> it's spit. Always fuck the, you. We can't spit in the face of every uh, uh, audience member. No. So he wrote a song to do it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They did have they did have one other jaunty song in Pink Floyd uh, before Dark Side of the Moon, and it was Seamus the Dog. Okay, I think that was probably about the closest. And that's, that's not a, that's not a Sid Sid song. No, no, that was uh, a couple of albums before Dark Side of the Moon, okay. but certainly out of their psychedelic, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. heavy psychedelic period. But it was probably like Dave Gilmore, yeah, okay, or something. It was more uh, bluesy, and he hadn't lost his father. So he was uh, happy. <laughs> he had a dog. <laughs> Let's move along now. We talked about The Wall and we talked about the movie. Let's talk about another movie. And I wait for so long Cannot stay All the precious moments Cannot stay That is Eddie Vedder. Right. Now, let, let's talk about serious content and a serious movie. Yes. Uh, Dead Man Walking. Okay. Have you seen it? I can't it's, remember. It's about, it's, it stars Sean Penn. He's, oh, yeah. He's on death row. Yes. And Susan Sarandon plays the yep. nun who visits him. Yeah, yeah. And they're basically doing the wild thing, don't they? No. Oh. No, that's another movie. Okay. I'd love to see that. Right. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> the concept of the movie is Sean Penn won't admit to the hideous thing he's done. Mm -hmm. This nun visits him in hospital leading up to his execution, yep. uh, lethal injection. During the, the, the movie, she experiences uh, guilt because the family of the victim is wondering what, what she's doing, hanging out with the guy mm -hmm. who did it. Mm -hmm. She's also trying to get this guy to confess and I'm not yep. going to spoil it. But imagine you've written, or, you know, you're, you're producing this, this movie and then you go, okay, well, we need some songs now. Let's yeah. approach some people yeah. and get them to to supply some songs for it. Yeah. So Eddie Vedder's a serious young insect, mm -hmm. Pearl Jam. I don't know if they've ever written a joyous song. Yeah. But well, they, maybe a joyous song, but 
probably not a, a flippant, lighthearted. Yeah, 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 you know, so. yeah, yeah. But he, he certainly uh, goes to the well of of his own experience, mm. and and he, he discovered that who he thought was his father was in fact his stepfather. Mm. And there's all sorts of Pearl Jam songs that relate to that. Yep. So, so he's obviously a serious dude. Yes. Uh, so I mean, the first album was very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I guess that, that, well, the grunge era wasn't born out of jubilant, you know, rock anthems. Yeah. You know, like the, like the heavy metal, the, sorry, the hair metal of the yes. 80s. Yes, yes. Uh, this, this, you know, grunge was, I guess, a reaction to a lot of that, right? Yeah, and I think, well, even even for the scene, I think probably Eddie Vedder was... He didn't come across as, you know, morbid or no. disturbed no. or anything. No. It was uh, in the way that, you know, Kurt would have had that yeah, you know, yeah. bit of a persona around him of, you know, I'm saying the label disturbed, but let's yeah, say yeah. generally, you know, struggling with yeah. a few life issues. <laughs> life, yeah. um, yes, Eddie, Vedder's, Eddie Vedder is, is probably just a little bit more angry. Yeah, a bit Kurt, angry. Kurt was a bit sort of slumped in the chair. <laughs> you know, this is all terrible. Whereas Eddie, right. Eddie was a little bit more passionate yeah. about what he was going through. Yeah, and, all, and also just, um, I guess, passionate about injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, not, not afraid to wear his heart on his sleeve. So obviously they go to him and they say, yeah, we need a song. Okay. And the, the, so this is the, the Long Road, and he teams up with a, with a Pakistani artist. Mm -hmm. I'll probably get this wrong. Nasrat Fatah Ali Khan. Yes. Who, who I think at that point was uh, through some other movie soundtracks he'd done was getting a, a reputation in the rise of world music. Yeah, the people going, "Wow, that's oh, it's like he's, he's legendary in world yeah, music." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a beautiful song, mm. uh, and it's about the long road of life, uh -huh. uh, and and that people can't stay. So it's it's pretty pretty serious content, as is the movie. Yep. Uh, and you probably don't remember, but there was um, they called on Bruce Springsteen. To write a song called "Dead Man Walking," and I think okay. that one might have either won a Golden Globe or a, or a, an Oscar for the song. Oh, okay. So Bruce doesn't mind a serious song. Yeah, yeah. So let me play you another serious song of Bruce's, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Sure. She took off stockings, held in my face. Head your anchor. I feel filled with grace. Two hundred dollars straight in. Fifty up the ass. She smiled and said, She unbuckled my bed. Back ahead, sat in front of me on the bed. How's that feel? You want me to go slow? My eyes drifted out the window Down to the road below Filled my stomach tight I'm afraid I can't work out most of what he's saying. Yes, his delivery is is he's part of the tone. So this is from the Devils and Dust album, okay. uh, two thousand five. Okay. The song is called Reno. I can dip in and out of Bruce Springsteen 
depending on the sorts of song he writes. I mm -hmm. think this is an absolutely brilliant song. Yep. The protagonist is in Reno negotiating having sex with a hooker. Yeah. Right? So she took off stockings, uh, waved them in my face. Yeah. And then $200 straight in. And then mm -hmm. she suggests how much it costs to go from behind. Well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so, but what's fascinating about it is. She's dressed as a nun. <laughs> That's the link back to Dead Man Walking. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. What's fascinating is, is Bruce's ability. So, so, so the first verse is about negotiating sex. Yep. She starts performing oral sex on him, mm -hmm. and he drifts. His mind drifts, and he he remembers uh, a love lost. Okay. Right. So when you read the lyrics, it's sort of shocking because you get the tone of the, of the song is enough to portray this loss. Yep. Right. Yep. And then when you actually because you said yeah, it's a little hard to understand what you're saying. Mm. When you read the lyrics and you go, holy shit, mm -hmm. uh, he negotiates having sex with this. Hooker. Mm -hmm. They have sex with this hooker. Mm -hmm. he, sorry, he has sex they. with this hooker. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a bigger story already. <laughs> then his mind drifts and he and he laments and he's grieving the loss of this love for for ex partner or whatever. Yeah. Um, Another hooker. Yeah. And then comes back to the apartment mm -hmm. and they're finished and she pours them both the whiskey and says, "Let's make a toast. Uh, here's to the best you've ever had." And he replies, "Not even close." Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a beautiful song. Again, I, you know, I can. There's plenty of Bruce Springsteen I can do without. Yeah. But it's masterful in his ability to to portray that character mm. and and for you to ignore the crassness of the situation. Yeah. But just the devastation of this guy that there yeah. is this beautiful mm. girl doing stuff to him mm. and his mind drifts and he's so hollow and and. Uh, and full of loss and regret. Mm. That Especially to say at the end, it's just like, well, you know, that was nice, but it's nothing. No, yeah, not even close yeah. to the best I've ever had. Yeah. Be a beautiful song. So sorry for bringing that down, but but again, that's, uh -huh. again, that's, and to me, that's, I've never heard a song written like that before mm. with, that, with that content addressed like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly an unusual way to write a love song. <laughs> <laughs> again, let's go back to the hair metal, which was, they would just celebrate. It would just be the first verse, yeah. you know, just negotiating with the hooker how to have sex uh -huh. or how much to have sex, and yep. bang, that's it. That's the end yep. of the song. Oh, well, you need a chorus as well. So. <laughs> yeah, but then you mentioned your fast car, uh -huh. right, that uh -huh. you get in after you've yes. had sex. Uh -huh. Occasional Bruce Springsteen fan, but stuff yep. like that, you go, wow, yep. that's, that's showing some real skill. Mm. My final song for yes. this section, I know mm -hmm. you're going to add some, Go again, goes to a skilled artists and these guys were, were 21 when they wrote this song.
Somebody from the 70s. <laughs> oh, you're very funny. So we're in 1990. What? It's the Black Crow. Oh, no. Digging up the 70s again. <laughs> so this is a song called Seeing Things uh, from their Shake Your Money Maker, which was the first album they wrote. Wow. Now, you know I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Mm. So um, let me just have my, have my time with these guys. Okay. I just think because the angst with which Chris Robinson sings mm -hmm. about he's having this relationship and you won't find me bent down on my knees bending over backwards just to please because i'm seeing things for the first time uh in my life and like the pink floyd boys i think that's that would be something that a lot of people would resonate with mm. the, the point at which the the blinkers fell from your eyes and you suddenly went wow this person i'm with isn't who I thought they were, mm. or a situation wasn't. I mean, and again, you know, yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't even necessarily have to be uh, a lover. Yeah, could be the man, the boss. Right. You know, where you go. I thought you were really great, but now, hang on. Yeah, you know, I'm understanding the manipulation. Mm. For a couple of early blokes in their twenties, mm -hmm. not bad, not yeah. bad. And again, you know, we've talked about it before, but this ability to sum it up in in one line. I'm seeing things for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really? I guess at least, uh, yes, with that, yeah, it is something that lots of people can draw on. Yeah. And some people would experience it early. Yeah. And some yeah. people later. So. Yeah. But again, for me, I go, yes, that's, mm. I'm there, boys. I'm with you. I've got my flares on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe I've got my shirt buttoned undone a couple from the top just to uh -huh. get that, that chest hair out. All right. <laughs> my hair's a little long and I'm, and I'm grooving on some platforms. Uh-huh. But I'm, I hurt too. Yeah, that's true. Have okay. You, have you told your wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, I borrow the flares from her. Yeah. <laughs> that's my part. Okay. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you. All right. And let's do yours. Sure. That's the song's Expendable Youth. Yes. Off the uh, Seasons in the Abyss <laughs> album from 1990. Uh, again, uh, it's hard to imagine when your band name is Slayer mm. that you would be writing a jaunty. Yes, you're not going to have an unskinny bop out of, uh, <laughs> out of Slayer. Um, and even just, again, even just the, the opening guitar riffs. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so everything's wrapped up. And it, it's like, that you, you, as you go through the layers, the band is called Slayer. Uh -huh. The album's called Seasons in the Abyss. Yes. Uh, the song is called Expendable Youth. Uh -huh. And then we open with that gut-wrenching, yeah. you know, guitar <laughs> riff. You sort of go, oh, mm. it's a song about crying rabbits. Yeah. 
That's right. Will Art Garfunkel sing off That's the right. Bright Eyes. Yeah. What's the song called? <laughs> Bright Eyes. No, Expandable Youth. That's right. I mean, uh, generally Slayer, you'd call them serious. You may not always take the content or their delivery seriously because sometimes you can see it seem a little overdone, yeah. a little hackneyed for uh, even for metal. Yes. Um, but I mean, a lot of the topics that they've that they cover, and I can only speak up to this album, a few of the ones before. After right. that, again, I lost interest. But even on this one, I mean, some of the other song titles, War Ensemble, uh, Blood, Blood Red, Red. Spirit, Spirit in Black. Yeah, Spirit in Black. Dead Skin Mask, about a serial killer. Nice. Yes. Skeletons uh, of Society. So some of, some of those, I guess, would be more social commentary. Like War Ensemble is a little more commentary, whether where there are other ones like Dead Skin Mask, where it's more, uh, again, taking the point of view of a serial yeah. killer. Okay. Um, in this particular song, it's talking about gang warfare. <laughs> it's about the Jets. And the <laughs> 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 That's right. It's basically West Side, West Side Story. Story. I like it. Um, but by a, by a death metal band. Yes. No, they're, not, they're not death metal. Are they? No, they're, no, just, they're just thrash metal. Thrash yeah. metal, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you listen uh, to the words, it's basically describing gang warfare, uh, particularly, I would say, you know, black gang warfare yeah. uh, that you'd see in LA in the 90s, Crips and the Bloods, just, you know, fighting over territory and that they're all expendable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Ultimately, in this stupid game. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of the ones that's more. Uh, you know, here's a societal problem. Let's talk about it uh, before we go into the next song about you know dissecting a corpse. Sure. Um, <coughs> so I imagine the African American community mm -hmm. would enjoy a bunch of white boys playing thrash guitar, commenting it, upon the issues of well, their neighbourhoods. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, ultimately. Like one of the lyrics is caught in crossfire, stray bullet can kill. Yes. Um, so it's also talking about the innocent victims yeah, yeah. in gang warfare. And really, like even though it was written around that time where a lot of it would have been happening in the US, you could look at any point in history, whether it's between uh, the Catholics and Protestants in, yes. yeah, yeah. in Northern Ireland. Yep. Um, that would be lost. Lots of other examples where yes. you have gang warfare, whether it's uh, Italians and Irish in yeah. early New York or, yes. you know, whatever. Um, Inuits in Greenland. I'm imagine there's some massive uprisings there. It's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Inuits and who? So. Polar bears. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, I like that. As yes. as the as the ice is disappearing, you know, oh, the, the there's, there's blood the on the streets. Yes, basically Inuits because I think yes, polar bears win. <laughs> Lord Allen, pretty excited. Your taste in music has been typecast as Slayer to another arse. You've just given us some Slayer. Mm. So next, surely it's Seal. Well, no. No. <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone is disappointed. That's right. After mentioning Seal once out of how many episodes, it seems, <laughs> seems so stuck. Maybe um, it was the first. Was it the first episode? Uh, it probably was the first. Wow. Maybe again the second, but I still don't understand what the problem with Seal is. <laughs> And neither does my sister. Solidarity. Oh, sister. there you Solidarity. go. Solidarity. She's listening, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, regular listener. So no, so, 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 so it's we're not, not going to seal. No, no seal. Instead, it's uh, John Denver. Oh, yes. Let's see. Uh, let's have a listen. Sure. You fill up my senses like night in a forest, like the mountains in springtime. 
Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me again Come let me well, love Well, now that's a massive difference from a Slayer, Slayer. Expendable Youth, yes. Tell me, tell me those two songs exist in a playlist that potentially <laughs> you play to your children as lullabies. <laughs> it would not be, it would not be <laughs> a lullaby, but it would definitely possibly appear in a mashup on my uh, on my playlist somewhere. Wow. So, um, so what? So what is it about any song that? Well, in this one, I think it is such a strong expression of adoration and love hmm. for another person. Hmm. Apparently, uh, he and his wife, Annie, oh. um, at the time, yep. were going skiing and they got on a you know, ski lift or whatever, and John came up with his song in the space of 15 minutes or whatever. Wow. Uh, however, his, uh, his wife pointed out that he had just ripped off, um, I think it was like Tchaikovsky or something or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so he went, right, uh, went away, like when they got back to the hotel or whatever, rewrote the melody right. and came back and I think it was only like the first five notes with the same or something. But yeah, it was apparently just him feeling so in the moment of doing something exhilarating with someone that he found also exhilarating mm. uh, that he just came out with all of this and his wife said even though it started off as a song to her, mm. after a while it seemed like it was uh, a personal prayer yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. of John's. And when I listen to it, sometimes I think, oh, well, he could easily be singing this to to God, yes, I guess, yeah, yeah. because he was Christian. But... Well, he did write, thank God I'm a country boy, surely. <laughs> surely. Yeah, I mean, there's no way of misinterpreting that. <laughs> That's right. That statement. Um, he name-checks the guy in the song, in the title. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I mean, lyrics like, you know, come let me love you, let me give my life to you, let me drown in laughter, let me die in your arms. Hmm. It's really just, uh, I am absolutely besotted with you, I think, the absolute world of you. That's right. Um, I love you so much that I want to die first yeah. and leave you grieving. Yes. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and, I, and even worse, I want you to be holding me as I go. Yeah, that's right. I want you to think of my dying face every time you go to sleep. <laughs> so... <laughs> You ruin the rest of your life. Now we could potentially do an, an entire episode on songs of devotion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because so far we haven't touched any of that about that no. as a as a serious content. And I guess no. what's great, what you've done there is you've you've reminded us that it doesn't have to be about death and loss no. and grieving yeah. and gang and warfare. Yeah. And drugs. Yeah. That you know, there are other avenues of serious content that Yeah. And, and that wasn't, uh, I don't know whether there are an awful lot of songs that express love as in, you know, I'm not yearning for you mm. uh, because you're right here. Yes, I don't yeah, miss yeah. you yeah. because we haven't broken up. Yeah. This is just, we're together and this is the most awesome thing yeah. I can possibly imagine doing. Yeah. And yeah, so. Lovely. What a lovely song. Yeah. Interestingly, though, uh, when I was thinking of Slayer, the uh, the lead singer Tom Araya is a uh, devoted Catholic. 
There you go. So a devoted Catholic. A devoted Catholic. Oh, he, a practicer. Yeah, he's a practicer. And oh. I only found that out a few years ago when I was initially I was like, oh, seriously. Yeah, checked it out. But yeah, he was like, Well, I don't have to believe every lyric that I sing. Yes. It's storytelling, yeah, yeah. essentially. So you know, there is a whole bunch of stuff where if you're a Catholic you'd be saying, No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot sing about that. But, but he's just like, Well, it's just in this context, yeah. it's a story. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't believe it. I don't yes. do it. Yeah. It's just a story like any other storyteller. And the great thing there is they're in a metal band. You mm. go on stage wearing a cross and it's not ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yes. I like it. How, how convenient for him. Yeah. All right. That's two. Have we got mm-hmm. some more? Well, we've, we've only got one more. But one more. It is... This better be a cracker because this is the end, right? So, you picked an awesome one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> Close. It does Close. start with a B. This Close is a B. Uh, this is a Billie Holiday song, although she didn't write it. Uh, this is one of the versions that's reasonably well known. Right. Let's have a listen. Southern trees bear strange fruit. Blood on leaves. And blood at the root Black bodies swinging In the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging From the poplar trees That's pretty heavy. Yes. That's heavy content. And it helps that she's African-American. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like Slayer commenting on gang warfare. This is this yeah. is right in the moment. Yes. Um, so Strange Fruit. Yeah. Um, is the name of the song. So it wasn't written by Billie Holiday. It was uh, uh, written by uh, two other people. Uh, two Abel. white guys, no? Oh, no, sorry. It was one. Well, it was a white guy. It was a Jewish guy. Right. Abel uh, Mirapol who uh, uh, went by the pseudonym of Lewis Allen, named after his, his two kids. But, yeah, that was uh, fairly sure he was a, a Jewish songwriter. Sure. Um, so, you know, not uh, unused to persecution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either. But uh, what a great lyric. Well, the name, you know, Strange Fruit. Mm. Uh, you know, these bodies swinging from a tree. Yeah. Strange Fruit, that's a great... I, lo- I love how a, ly- a good lyricist can not uh, say it straight. Well... Which is, isn't it terrible that they're hanging black people from a tree? Well, it does actually have that as well. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Oh, yeah, yeah, but... But but it's it's not the opening line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening line is just southern trees bearing strange fruit. Yeah, yeah. So... Because because the whole concept of strange fruit is... The concept there is to suggest that uh, this isn't normal, this isn't good, and, and to the point of, yeah, it's not even good... No. Uh, so, but I like that the subtlety in that, rather than coming out and saying, "Please don't hang, please don't hang black people," is that's it's a terrible thing. It's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. And 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 again, and Billy's delivery makes it an even stronger song. Yeah. Because there's there's well, she's noted for her singing with pain in her voice. Yeah. Uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. song. And it's it's been covered uh, quite a few times. Yeah. Um, by people who all also. Have strong or distinctive voices like Jeff Buckley has yes, done it as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Nina Simone has done yeah, it yeah, as well. So yeah. it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a dreadful topic, and but but uh, but the other great thing, other great thing, the other thing that makes it resonate more is that when Billie Holiday recorded it, that was probably going on, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, this like, was 1939. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah. So it's not like someone looking back in retrospect and saying what a terrible time that was when they used to do that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not suggesting at all that that African-Americans, it's all thumbs up now and their life is fantastic. No, no. But, but again, uh, the horror of, of that common occurrence yeah. or lynching, uh, you know, African-Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, a, what a terrible thing. So it seems to resonate to me more when you go, you know, that, that, was, a, that was an experience of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yes, just awful. So it was real. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great song, but it's, yeah. it's sad that it even exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but isn't that what music's supposed to do? Music is supposed to to uh, help us grieve through those things, isn't that? When mm. we're, we're talking about serious content, yeah. so sometimes it's for the for the artist. So Roger Waters mm. trying to get over losing his dad in the war. Yes. Or Pink Floyd giving us a song where we can together feel like we we have no choice but to keep digging the hole. Yeah. Uh, as rabbits. Um, <laughs> well, it brings it all into sharp relief. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. you know, whether it's about love or loss or whatever, it's mm. bringing it into sharp relief so that you can see it and feel it. And even though, you know, the feeling may be good or it may be bad, mm. it's still there to... Yeah. And sometimes and it's to raise awareness. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's just to say you're not alone in those feelings. Mm. In fact... Here's, you know, I feel so much similar that here's a very passionate song which you can use to, to potentially help you get through that. Mm. Um, yeah, well, that's that's some serious stuff. Yes. So now we're at the end. Mm. Thank you for playing. <laughs> uh, why, why do we, why? Where, what, why do we do four episodes on silly and serious songs and silly and serious artists? Um, fill up space. Fill up some space. Yeah. <laughs> to have four of us. We had an what, empty slot. That's right. We had to get rid of... The other lords. That's what she those says. Useless twats. <laughs> those useless guys. Mm-hmm. So what's really interesting, and I love the idea of the Matrix because we have completed it now. Mm-hmm. So there's no. That's right. There is no going back. No. It had four places in which we could tick, and we have ticked them all. We have. There are many more artists that we could have included, of course. That's right. Maybe there'll be a supplementary. Oh. <laughs> and and we encourage you, dear listener. Mm-hmm. to go through each category and find even more serious songs or, or silly songs or silly songs by your silly or serious artist that's right as appropriate so we've opened the door I feel we've opened the door rather mm-hmm. than close it on the floor I think we've opened the door to the listener out mm-hmm. is it a Pandora's box could be especially mm-hmm. in that serious stuff yeah <laughs> you can really really get into it mm-hmm. so thanks for playing thanks for coming along on the journey with me Lord Al that's right thank you Lord Brett Uh, And we're going to finish now. Please enjoy the rest of your summer if you do live in the Southern Hemisphere. Too bad if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. That's right. You can imagine how awesome a time we're having. (laughs) That's right. We're just going to go hop in the pool now and have a cocktail or two. Yes. So it's it's, uh, goodbye from Lord L and goodbye from Lord Brett. See ya. Goodbye. Don't forget to check us out online, lordsofloud.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram.